G'day you mob, Pete here, and this is another episode of Aussie English, the number one place for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. So, today I have a GOSS episode for you where I sit down with my old man, my father, Ian Smithson, and we talk about the week's news, whether locally down under here in Australia or non-locally <laughs> overseas in other parts of the world, okay? And we sometimes also talk about whatever comes to mind, right? If we can think of something interesting to share with you guys related to us or Australia, we also talk about that in the GOSS. So, these episodes are specifically designed to try and give you content about many different topics where we're obviously speaking in English and there are multiple people having a natural and spontaneous conversation in English. So, it is particularly good to improve your listening skills. In order to complement that though, I really recommend that you join the podcast membership or the academy membership at aussieenglish.com.au where you will get access to the full transcripts of these episodes, the PDFs, the downloads, and you can also use the online PDF reader to read and listen at the same time, okay? So, if you really, really want to improve your listening skills fast, Get the transcript, listen and read at the same time, keep practicing, and that is the quickest way to level up your English. Anyway, I've been rabbiting on a bit, I've been talking a bit. Let's just get into this episode, guys. Smack the bird, and let's get into it. All right, here we are, back on the couch. Back on the couch, yeah. <laughs> you can't use that. It's already uh, the title's already being used for a football show. Is it on the couch? Yeah. So we, we are doing some more Sorry. goss episodes. Can open. <laughs> um, what do you want to do first, Dad? Is there a topic you want to talk about? It doesn't have to be a news story. Um, oh, well, it's sort of semi-news now. Old news, but the Matildas. And yeah, we can talk about the Matildas. Yeah. <laughs> Sucked everyone in, huh? Sucked everyone. Well, certainly in Australia. Oh, it was amazing. It was, yeah. For those who are um, completely unaware of women's football, uh, we would call it soccer in Australia because we have so many football codes. Every time anyone um, says that, my wife, Kel, is like, it's football. It's football. And I'm like, you yeah, say, but it's yeah, just too confusing. It's, it's no one football. knows what you're talking about if you say football. Yes. And it's the same, I imagine, in the US. Yeah. So, that's why they, you know, use soccer and they, they have their football is gridiron, right? Yeah, exactly. And But if you are in um, the UK, I'm not sure, do they just say football? They say they football. They would never say soccer? No. Yeah, but they don't have any other option. Well, they got rugby, they right? Got rugby got union, rugby, rugby league. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird. You look up footy slang term Australia and it's like Australian rules football, rugby, rugby union and, and league. league and soccer. And you're yeah. just like, ugh. Yeah, although it tends not to get used for soccer so much, but uh, yeah. But yes, for those for those of you who are uh, being completely oblivious to um, the women's World Cup, mm-hmm. um, the Australian team, nicknamed the Matildas, um, have exceeded all expectations, not just in performance, but in uh, coverage and popularity during the tournament. Uh, they broke all-time TV records. Uh, biggest crowds ever for a women's World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Wonder quite amazing <laughs> for a male World Cup as well. Yeah, well, not a male World <laughs> Cup, but but in Australia, well, or we've we never had happen? one. Yeah, yeah okay. Because so. I was going to say I don't remember ever having this kind of a kerfuffle about. No, and um, I think partly it's because it was in Australia that. as well that um, obviously all the games mm-hmm. are in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, uh, the majority in Australia. 
uh, and with them being successful, it, uh, they just got on a popularity roll and uh, the media was just filled with it. The obsession for a three or four week period was outrageous. What do so. you think What do you think changed? Just the fact that it was here locally? Do you think if they had been playing overseas in, say, Qatar or Colombia or well, something, it anywhere, would have just yeah. uh, been nowhere near as well, sort of interesting for the Australian population? I think it would have been, yeah, there still would have been good coverage of it and there would have been uh, a lot of people interested. But being in Australia, I think, just made a difference because the Australian press were all over it. Yeah. Uh, whereas the, it would have just been a specialist football sports media that would have been covering it if it was anywhere else in the world. But yeah. the general media was, co independently of Australia doing well, mm -hmm. the general media was covering the fact that we had a World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you add the layer of Australia doing really well, and it just sort of went out of control. Why do you think we just have never gotten into soccer uh, anywhere near as much as our other sports, at least at a national level. Because the ironic thing is, like I need to obviously preface it with, soccer's the most played club sport in Australia, as far as I'm aware. As, as a junior as sport the highest well. number yeah. of um, participating yeah, yes. kids. Soccer and basketball are the two most. Yeah, and yet know. they just don't seem anywhere near as popular when you turn the TV on. No, I think there are just as... There are so many alternatives. Uh, you know, we have four national football leagues um, yeah. of different codes of football. Uh, we've got basketball, we've got cricket, we've got uh, a whole lot of sports that are played. I guess there's hockey um, as well, and there's hockey, athletics. Yeah, all yeah, that's there's all sorts swimming, of sports yeah. that, uh, that people just get interested in. Yeah. Uh, and I just think it's one of those things where you know, soccer you know, was played in Australia decades, uh, for more than a century it's been played in Australia. Um, Australia has done reasonably well in the men's uh, soccer, you know, above what you would expect them to do. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the women have just gone mad this time. They've always been good, you know, top 20 teams in the world. Yeah. Uh, but you know, now they're in the top 10 and then having done so well reaching the last four um, in this World Cup, um, they played above what you would expect them to do. Why do you think that is? Because I found that really interesting when, when I was doing jiu-jitsu that girls, the girl side of it, they seem to have fewer competitors. Um, and, you know, I think this is probably the case in most sort of sports, right? For a long time, they're male-dominated. The ones that are like um, shown on Male-dominated sport, yeah. Yeah, the ones that everyone follows, you know. Football uh, codes, <clears> cricket, <throat> basketball, those sort of things. Yeah, yeah and, and but the weird thing is like I found in jiu-jitsu that, you know, if you go to the any average jiu-jitsu club and, you know, uh, get on the mat, we say, when you're going to learn, you know, from a, a teacher there, you're getting on, going to a lesson or whatever, you'd probably generally have maybe five, ten, maybe 20% women. 20% yeah. would be very, very generous. At our club in Melbourne, it was probably close, getting close to 50 sometimes, like 50%, because uh. there were so many students and a lot of the women that came and did it, um, they would get their friends to come and it became right. a cultural thing. The weird thing though was when you go to competitions, I would, I would notice that there would be so many fewer women competing and like the, the sport yeah. for comp competition for so, women was so much younger. So typically, typically women were doing it f as a... Sort of participatory sport and for fitness, yeah, rather than well, as a competition. It. But the thing that I did notice was that the girls who took it serious dominated. Mm. 
and you would have like there was one there was a few girls at our our gym that were like world champions yeah you know and like um it it was one of these weird things where it's like it we have now the resources if women decide they want to go nuts with a sport yeah and it seems like it's easier for them to just at least in our potential and this I'm just fleshing this out while I'm thinking about it but potentially in western countries where we have the resources and they have the spare time and they have the ability mm. to to really go all out in these sports that seem to have not had a big history with um, women participating yeah, well, or being particularly supported. I think in in minor sports like I mean jiu jitsu is not I dare say there's not more than 10,000 competitive jiu jitsu people in the world no, uh, at loads. a high level there's loads um, yeah yeah but now it's getting bigger yeah, at a world level decade. I mean yeah. yeah rather than at local um so it's not something that has has had a a long history yeah. of participation no it's exploded so, so the if last you get if you get years, into yeah. it and it's it's like you when you were fencing uh, <laughs> when you're at school <laughs> fencing is a very minor sport so if you're sort of half good at it you can dominate it very quickly yeah. uh, so I suppose it's that, but we're getting back to the. the but the, sort of the reason I bring and, that up is uh, that I wonder, with sorry to, to interrupt, no. you, I wonder with say why Australia does so well at sports and punches above its weights. Weight, especially now we see that with the women's sports. I think, like I think they were showing the numbers or the the interest that the Socceroos had only in you know ten years ago or whatever. Yeah. It was a fraction of what it is today, and they were obviously nowhere near as good as they yeah. are today. The Socceroos is the men's team. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, the Matildas. The Matildas, the women's team. <clears throat> Well, they're both basically the same. So, but I, I reckon, yeah. is there something about them coming from a Western country where, when when they've suddenly gotten a lot of support and you know money thrown behind them, we that's how we have been able to do a lot better proportionately with the female side of, yeah, of the, soccer I because think, the male team, it seems to just not do very well at all. Yeah, right? Well, they've been they've done you know reasonably well. They they make the World Cup. You know, certainly they've made the last, what, six or seven World Cups. So, mm-hmm. on that basis, for the last 30 years, they've been, you know, Yeah, but if you were class, to see them come up against France or, oh, yeah. or Britain yes, they're or, not or gonna, even Colombia, they're not, they're not you would see them 10. get They're not top 10. They've been, I think the highest yeah. they've been ranked in the last 20 years is about 20th. Yeah. Uh, but, look, it's a bit different from with the men and the women. But I think for, for soccer, it's, it's funny, like, there's a very high participation sport at club level and mm. at junior level. Um, but at the elite level, almost all of our very good players as juniors end up going to Europe. Yeah. And so we lose that local interest at the state yeah, and national level. Yeah. Um, now, the national competition, we have a, you know, the A-League, the Australian League for soccer, and then there's a women's equivalent as well. Uh they're doing reasonably well now because a lot of players are coming back from Europe when they've finished their mm-hmm. career to play, not just Australians, but other you know, people from other countries. Um, so there is that sort of you know, quality of player that is mm-hmm. coming back to play in that. But for decades, we've always just lost those players. So I think that level of interest and in staying in the sport when you're young, you didn't have anybody to look up to yeah. because you're the way you looked up to people was you, you'd watch the English Premier League or you'd watch the Italian League or the German League or the Spanish League on TV to mm-hmm. watch the best players in the world. Whereas if you're looking at, you know, say, cricket, rugby league, um, AFL football, we've got, you know, arguably some of the best players. Well, certainly AFL, obviously, mm-hmm. we've got all the best players it's just in the no world. no one else plays it. Uh, rugby league, we're the best rugby league team in the world uh, most of the time. Occasionally we'll get beaten by England and very occasionally by New Zealand. 
Uh, rugby union, we haven't been very good in a world stage for the last 20 years, but we're still in the top four or five teams. Yeah. Uh, and so there's, there's, if you're a junior and you're coming up, you can, you can go down to your local park on a Saturday afternoon during the season um, and watch a national level player, uh, players playing. Um, yeah. In soccer, that hasn't been the case. So that up inspiration until the last, is also you know, there for younger kids. Yeah, but I think that that was the same with jujitsu, where the, it, it's probably way worse than soccer with trying to make an income from being a professional um, Brazilian jujitsu yeah. fighter. Um, but everyone would just go to the US because <laughs> yeah, that's where all the competitions are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the good thing is that when you compete, it's just that you're an individual, so you are your country, right? You can be Australian, Colombian, wherever you're from. Really, you yes. don't have to. It doesn't have to be a national competition for you mm. to be representing um, your country. Yeah. But, yeah, it was definitely one of those things where I think for a long time, at least in Australia, you would have all of these freak um, competitors, but they would just not be here. So, you know, it would be a big thing for them to come yeah. and, and tour that, yeah. the place so and you get I think the other, the other side of that now, though, the extension of that now, uh, in terms of our... Um, the quality of our national teams in men's and women's soccer is that that has increased... And obviously in the Matildas, the women's case, it's increased rapidly over the last 10 years. But they've reached a sort of watershed number of players now who are playing mm -hmm. in European competitions. Um, almost all of the, uh, the men and women who play for Australia in, in soccer are playing for European teams. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple that are still just playing in Australia. Um, but there's, this, yeah, there's now the number of them where um, they can, like, for instance... The Australian team, you know, the Australian women's team trains in Europe because most of them are there. You know? yeah. So if they, their lead up to their World Cup was mostly done in Europe. Um, and, and then they came back to Australia uh, just before the World Cup started when you know, in the off-season for the Europeans um, and you know, did a lead, couple of lead-up games and then played in the, in the tournament. But, but when you get to that point where you've got a number of players playing at that level, then you suddenly get this increase. Whereas historically, you know, certainly when Australia started to be successful in the 70s and the 80s, we had one or two players playing in Europe. Yeah. Um, and they were, you know, they were the exceptional players, but they very rarely played with the rest of the Australian players. Mm -hmm. They would come back to play in a tournament for Australia um, if their clubs would release them. Um, yeah, but obviously in a World Cup, that's the World Cup is scheduled so that nothing is clashing with it. But uh, so yeah, it's a it's one of those sort of weird ones where I think once you reach that sort of level, um, then you get the interest um, of players playing, um, and it just sort of continues to um, spiral upwards. So do you It'll... think the cat's out of the bag? Pandora's box is open with soccer interest in Australia now that. You know, we've had this, or is it going to be a flash in a pan? Is it going to be? Something I don't think it'll that... be a flash in a pan. I think it it will just be sort of incremental. I don't think it's going to explode. Yeah. Because there are still so many alternatives. Yeah. Um, the you know, if it, if just keeping the conversation to the women for, as an example, there will be a lot more girls now who will go off and try soccer because mm -hmm. they've been sitting watching this on TV for a month, not just watching Australia do well, but watching a lot of soccer on TV. Uh, whereas previously they wouldn't have watched women's soccer at all. Mm -hmm. you know, it'd be very difficult to find high-class women's soccer on television in Australia. Yeah. Um, 
and they might watch the men, but you don't get the same motivation, I don't think, if you're a little girl watching well, must men be, play a sport. It must be interesting. I'm trying to think of what the equivalent would be for boys growing up. It would probably be boys watching, say, female gymnasts and trying to derive motivation <laughs> from that when it's just like, well... It's a different sport. Yeah, yeah. You, you're never going to be small enough no. um, to be able to do those things. Exactly. And so it's kind yeah. of like, well... You know, you can watch it and enjoy it, but you're not really going to be like, well, now I'm motivated to go and compete. Mm. Um, I remember being at high school and doing soccer as my winter sport. And I think when I was there, they started the female um, soccer team sort of uh, up. Like, I think that was the... When I was there, I can't remember what year it was. I definitely remember there being girl teams at senior school. So, when I was 14, 15, it's... At least, mm. and I think that was just implemented at that time. Yeah, but well, yeah, part of that, they part of that really is not have... a matter of interest. It's a matter of you need a number of other schools that are going mm-hmm. to have teams in order to play against. Yeah, well, them. that was it. I you think know, they had yeah, an your school could have said, it. "Hey, we've got a women's, you know, a girls' soccer team. There's nobody for you to play." Bad yeah. luck. Yeah. Well, and they, and they so. had that sort of thing happen where there was probably only one team's worth of girls. Yeah, and they wouldn't have had a game every single weekend like we did. Yeah, but on the other hand, they were kind of seen as this special. You know, thing because everyone was like, we need to foster this, get it growing. Of course. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, but I think there's still a lot of alternatives for girls Mm -hmm. now that, you know, because at the same time that soccer has taken off with regard to girls and women in Australia, the AFLW, the women's AFL competition, has started up about seven or eight years ago. The NRL, the National Rugby League, that has a women's tournament that's very good as well. Um, And there's realistically, there's probably more money. Uh, more likelihood of earning a reasonable income. They're not most professional women footballers, regardless of whichever league they or competition that sort of they're playing in, mm. are not earning a full wage. Yeah. Um, but you can earn a bit of money playing AFLW or NRLW much more easily than leaving the country and going to Europe and struggling to get in a team. Because I doubt whether the Australian women's soccer players in Australia are earning enough money to make a living. They're effectively amateurs that are making a bit of money. Uh, I'd have to investigate to see yeah. what, they're, what they're being you know, paid. But Well, and they're probably getting a lot from sponsorships. I think we saw that during and post yes. the World Cup. It's like, oh, my God, they're endorsing the everything. <laughs> the yeah. banks and, exactly. you know, sports equipment and all that sort of stuff. You're just yes. like, oh, I'll milk it while you can. <laughs> well, of course you do. Of course you do. And that's, you know, the, realistically, that's where some of the... Um, yeah, athletes and swimmers, for for example, the swimming. There's almost no money in swimming. Mm. Yeah, there's no prize money for swimming, but if you're famous enough, you get pretty big endorsements. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so yeah, pretty much right. But yeah, anything else you want to cover with the Matildas? No, I just hope that they the interest continues. And yeah, the sad thing will be is if this generation, uh, because there are some senior players who are still playing well, senior in experience, you know, women in their 30s, if they say now, look at it and go, well, I'm not going to play for another four years to make the next World Cup, if they drop out and then we don't have num- enough young players coming through, mm-hmm. uh, although that we had three or four of our best players in this tournament were 19, 20, 21. Uh, yeah, so, it was crazy, right? Fowler, and you're just like, yeah. he's 20. Mary Fowler. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. And Sorry, he is Co- so good, Cooney so quick. Cross. Yeah. Um, yeah and Courtney Vine, who, you know, scored the winning penalty in the, oh, no. pen, the, the famous that penalty French shootout game, against France. Oh, my God. Um, that was a nail-biter. Yeah, they were, yeah they're, they're kids who'll be playing for another 10 years for mm-hmm. Australia. Um, so, 
But the only other thing I suppose that would be worth mentioning is the fact that we had probably the most famous player in the world not playing for most of the tournament. To Australia. avoid her getting injured. Well, she was injured to start with, and then we, when she sort of came back, she... Um, they sort of just kept her on as a substitute for a couple of games, but uh, we should have a whinge about the problem with soccer. As you were bringing the up problem, the problems. There are oh, there are two. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can cover it. Well, there's diving, and everybody knows about that. The you know the well diving, as in if you look like you have been fouled, you you, know, you hit the ground writhing and screaming and carrying on. Uh, firstly to get attention and hopefully get an advantage by it, which is just cheating. Uh, secondly, it's time-wasting. Yeah. Um, and and time-wasting in a sense that, in two senses. One is that because now in professional soccer there is a separate timekeeper, it's not the referee who is, who is keeping time. So you don't get an advantage in a sense of wasting time, but you get an advantage in the sense of allowing your own team members to you know, have a rest yeah. <laughs> and and get set up and so on, um, and the other one is the deliberate time wasting, the, the kicking one that, the ball, the, away. the kicking the ball away, or picking the ball up, or standing. You know, when you if you if a team gets a uh, a free kick mm -hmm. uh, from a foul, the rules say that the opposition can't be closer than ten yards, you know, nine and a bit meters away. Um, so the number of times though that a player will just stand. It directly in front of them, so that they can't take the free kick quickly. Mm -hmm. um, now that can be stopped immediately. Just as soon as the referee sees that, just give them a yellow card for time yeah. wasting. Two yellow cards and you're off, and you can't play. And the, the next annoying game, thing is, you wonder how they much let them the game, get away with it. You wonder how much the game intentionally allows that stuff because it riles up the fans, and you're always like villainizing the other team for doing that sort of stuff, and you're glad your team does it because yeah, the diving stuff. The fact that people up pretend to get injured to try and yeah. get an advantage. It seems like that was one of the things that always really pissed me off about soccer was kind of like the lack of honour. You don't play fairly. like, And it seemed, even in the World Cup, you could see times when Australia was playing, I think it was England, and they were intentionally tackling the crap out of Sam Kerr, yeah. fouling her. And you're just like, you guys are just trying Who to... Who was the player we were talking about. Yeah, the, you're just you trying know, to injure Best forward in the world. And that's yeah. clearly a strategy that you've gone in where the... I would imagine, again, I don't know, but I would imagine the coaches said, look, we can afford to get a few yellow cards if you guys chase down their best yeah. player. And not, not necessarily trying to deliberately injure her, but just put her off mm -hmm. her game. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. yeah. That side of things, like, I understand why you would do it. You want any advantage mm. that is technically within the rules. And although... Getting a yellow card is obviously you're breaking the rules to do that. Yeah. It's you know get a red card straight away. So, so they're there for a reason, right? And the yes. people are going to be like, well, use up your chances if it's going to give us an advantage. Yeah. And kicking the ball away, just do something like that. It, I never yeah. did that when playing soccer, no. and I don't remember ever being encouraged to do that. But it seems like at the higher levels, yeah. I don't think I don't think anybody is, team I don't think any coach will go out at that level stuff. and tell their players. Every time you get the chance, waste time. It's yeah. just so ingrained yeah. the kicking the ball away, yeah. that that yeah, you know, the interfering with players so they can't play on quickly. Uh, that just irritates the hell out of me yeah. because it is it is it is so unsports person like. Is that done in it's, cricket or footy? Because I no, don't remember ever no, seeing that sort well, of thing football, where they would just throw uh, the Australian ball away. football. Uh, that's an immediate 50-metre penalty. Yeah. And so those who don't follow AFL football, a 50-metre penalty is if somebody's got the ball, a they free kick or a mark, away. and you have been seen to deliberately <laughs> waste the waste time or interfere with their yeah. ability to play, they get to move 50 metres down the field, which is about a third of the length of the field, mm -hmm. just under a third of the length of most fields. 
So it's a huge advantage to the team that you are giving away. Um, so it, it almost never happens, whereas it happens yeah. 50 times in a game I, in soccer. I wonder how much that's a barrier to it growing as a big sport in Australia for spectators as well, because I think people who are really into rugby or football and cricket and these other sports that aren't used to seeing that kind of duplicity or, or poor yeah. sportsmanship. Yeah. And they're arguing they're with the like, referee. You know, I'm not... They're arguing the with hell? the referee. So I grew up playing... Um, a, a, AFL football, Australian football, and rugby union. Now, AFL football, it used to be the thing all the time where players would be arguing with them, you know, the umpires and so on. The AFL in the last two years have brought in this dissent rule mm. that is if you are seen, even seen to be dissenting a decision, mm -hmm. not even arguing with the umpire, <laughs> the umpire will yeah, pay a free kick or a 50-metre penalty. Like, oh, fuck this guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's almost wiped it out. Mm -hmm. In rugby union... Only the captain is allowed to yeah. speak to the referee and they call him or her sir or madam. Yeah. It's not, they, there is no way that you would ever <laughs> turn around and argue with a referee's decision in rugby union. Yeah. You'd just be sent off. I don't uh, understand though that either. When was the last time a soccer player bitched to the referee and the referee was like, you know, in what? any sport, change my has mind. any umpire or referee yeah. in any exactly. level of any sport like ever changed their mind? Face no. And be like, well, no. double it, screw it's, you. It's That's just frustration and we understand that. But that sort of frustration can be shut off immediately mm -hmm. by you know, when if a player is standing there arguing often in the face of the referee yelling at them just bring out a yellow card mm -hmm. i don't know why they don't do it and they just say you shut up or you get a yellow card walk away now and it would stop yeah <laughs> i don't know but i think yeah that yeah. would there's some of the, my biggest gripes with the, the sport as well it just has this kind of i don't know sly cheaty kind of vibe to it at times that seems to be just yeah. accepted. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> nice note to it. finish on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, but yeah, we, I think it was really cool to see how proud everyone was of the Matildas. Yeah. And especially the, the Aussie English listeners and followers and supporters, they were all behind um, Australia as well. And Kel, you know, was going for Brazil originally and then switched when Brazil got knocked out and yeah. she was going for Australia. The funny thing I noticed was that when... Who were we watching... We watching Colum was it Colombia versus Great Britain that were the were the final? Who was the it Spain? Was Spain versus Great yeah. Britain. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. Um, I remember watching England. that and yeah. originally being like, "Fuck Britain!" You know? <laughs> like go Spain, and Kel was supporting for Spain as well. And it was funny because Kel's like, "Your dad said he's supporting Britain. Is that just like a standard thing here? Like any white Australians just go for Britain?" And I'm like, "No, fuck nah. Britain. <laughs> like, no." <laughs> Not necessarily. I yeah. mean, I'm effectively all British. Them I because they crap. beat Australia and played well. I just thought they would win. But, but it was funny. Spain that played too I, well. I noticed how much more I sort of enjoyed it when I didn't necessarily care if either team won. Because at the end, I found myself switching. I think I was originally going for Spain with Kel, and then yeah. I was like, Spain kicked a goal and was ahead, and went, right? Oh, like, get England, catch yeah, up. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, come on, England, get yeah. another goal so that it goes to penalty or so that there's more tension. Yes. And then when Spain, I think they scored another one, right? And it was just the, no, they was the final nail. One nil. Was it? Yeah. I thought they got two. No, they had one disallowed. Yeah. Well, no, it was a penalty saved. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. But yeah, there was that. And I was just like, ah, oh, damn. But it was really funny because I was like... I'm so much less emotional in this oh, game. Yeah, well, exactly. I just, like, just want to see a good game. Like, yeah, now. You, go to any, you go to any sport where you don't actually care who wins. Mm -hmm. You can be you know, a, a lot more disengaged yeah. emotionally, but you can still be just as engaged in the entertainment value, but you don't care who wins. It's a different level of mm -hmm. entertainment. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed the game. And yeah, um, yeah we'll leave it there, I guess. Go Tillies. <laughs> yeah. See ya.